0: This podcast is supported by Hanover Messe, your meeting place for the industrial community.
1: Hi there, welcome to a new episode of the Industrial AI podcast. My name is Peter Seberg, and I have two guests today. Fabian Bause and Janis Dobmeier. They're both with Beckhoff. And we're going to talk about TwinCat Chat. Hello, Fabian. Hi, Peter. Hello, Janis. Hi, Peter. Fabian, why don't you start introducing yourself to our Industrial AI podcast listeners?
0: Uh, Yes, thanks. Um, Yeah, to myself, I uh, joined Beckhoff Automation around about eight years ago and now work in the product management department for our automation software called TwinCAD. So TwinCAD is a modular software package and I take care about all products that are related somehow
1: to AI or more specifically to machine learning. Very good. Janis, same for you. Please introduce yourself.
2: Yeah, first of all, thanks for the invitation from my side. Yeah, I've been with Beko for 18 years now and uh, worked in several different areas. So starting with an apprenticeship, then going on with studying together with Beckhoff, and finished now in the product management since uh, 2019. My main focus is the PLC programming and for about a year now, also TwinCAT chat.
1: Okay, sounds good. So TwinCAT, PLC, uh, TwinCAT chat, I think those are the the major topics we're going to be talking about but let's uh, let's do a quick introduction of your company and and we agree that I'm going to just ask the questions in general to both of you and I, I think you can decide between yourselves who's going to answer so uh, many i'm sure a majority of listeners will know who your company Backhoff Automation is. But for those that do not, what products, what services does Backhoff provide? Maybe what is your USP? What it is that you are well known for? I
0: think I will take that question. So Backoff is a globally acting automation company. Uh, we supply mainly to machine builders. who use automation components from Backoff like industrial PCs, panels, field bus terminals, drives, motors. Currently, we also work on own robotic solutions. We also have cameras and much more. So basically, we have a complete toolkit of different hardware devices that machine mirrors need to create a machine. And on top of it, we have our automation suite called TwinCAD that then converts a industrial PC into a deterministic PLC. And this idea is then called PC-based control, where we benefit from the performance gains in standard hardware, PC hardware equipment, and we can turn it automatically into performance gains of automation
1: systems right is it fair to say that Beckhoff invented pc-based automation i think that's fair to say yes (laughs) right that was about what is it in the meantime 30 years 28 years something around about that i think Uh, so we celebrated the 32nd
0: uh, anniversary
1: oh but did you did you start? We don't need to go into the details of that one. I can only say that coming from, um, let's say, the PC based world, Intel and around, as many of our listeners know when I then got into automation it has taken me quite a long time understanding <laughs> what a PLC so what this what these separate gray boxes that were not um, PC based why that was etc we're not going to go into the details of that but um, I think whatever we talk about today then and maybe we we do want to move in that into that uh, right away which is then called um, you know twin Cat from your side So the topic for today TwinCAT chat, but uh, let's first understand. And I believe, Janis, you maybe want to give us an introduction into what is an actually TwinCAT.
2: Of course, uh, TwinCAT is our uh, automation software, so for programming and configuring the control systems. So as Fabian already said, with TwinCAT you can transform almost any PC-based system into a real-time controller to complete. Multiple tasks like PLC, uh, numeric controls, CNC, or, or also robotic runtime system. And yeah, it's a modular system, so with a, f- a lot of functionality, available re- extensions, so it's very easy to make a system fit to your requirements. So for instance, we have technologies for uh, functionalities for machine learning, vision application, analytic tasks, IoT, and many diagnostic tools as well. And, of course, an HMI is also available.
1: Uh, And maybe, and I think that's maybe what we're talking about today, maybe it's going to be even more easy in the future, right? (laughs) Of course. So, because that's today's topic, TwinCat Chat. And specifically, I think it's TwinCat Chat integrating large language models into the automation environment. So, having a base understanding from you what TwinCat is, then the second maybe introductory Question is, what does a large language model do in an automation environment?
2: <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah, uh, what is a large language model? Or well, the large language models like GPT-4 uh, uh, advanced AI systems based on neural networks and designed for processing and generating natural language. They are trained through machine learning, where they learn the patterns and large text data sets. And, uh, yeah, understand to produce this in a way that, like human communication. And, yeah, it's based on the transformer uh, architecture. And when you test it, maybe you see you can do something like, um, yeah, create text uh, for, uh, yeah, marketing or something like that. And also uh, writing code. And When it comes to text generation, it's naturally a logical step to try code generation. and. Um, Yeah, we saw a few um, examples for that uh, for high-level language. And uh, we looked into this and thought, okay, this could also be interesting for our PLC developers in Twinket. This led us to start uh, the Twinket chat project, where we integrate a chat window in our IDE. So users now have the opportunity to interact directly with a large language model from within the IDE. In the first step, the focus was on creating an added value compared to using it in a browser. So the directly use, for example, like GPT-4 or something like that. And yeah, in the area for the PC code generation, the user can adapt the code directly with the push of a button, for example, as a usability feature. And in addition to that, the code suggestions from the model are also displaced with syntax highlighting familiar to the user. To make it yeah more easier for the user to analyze his results he get from the large language model.
1: Okay, thanks for that first introduction. And we're going to get into into more details later on. But I probably have a a couple of additional questions. So this is a a general introduction of the large language models. Thanks for that. Uh, ChatGPT, other ones. So there's private ones, open source ones. Uh, we already talked a little bit about language encoding. Uh, Uh, foundation models scraped from the internet maybe you tell us uh, give us a first idea on what your model is is it your own model is it one of those models out there that you're that you're using uh, that you're fine-tuning or what is it that you specifically use
0: maybe i i take that question so currently we focus uh, as a back-end large language model, we focus on chat uh, GPT, so on GPT-4. But we are also working on integrating other LLMs to provide yeah, our customers the flexibility they need. So maybe their, let's say, regional needs or data privacy restrictions or other reasons why customers may not want to use specifically GPT-4 as a cloud instance. So, for example, we currently work with colleagues from back of China on integrating also a Chinese LLM, and also this is more like a proof of concept phase where we train an own LLM based on various open source LIMA models. This would then give us a possibility to to inference those models locally, and then we can ship the Twinket Chat function along with the backend LLM together to our customers
1: depending on your the geography where you're sending it to.
0: Yeah, so currently we have the TwinCat engineering installer, and so there is a plugin for this Twinket chat, and you need a, a REST interface to, to a cloud instance of, for example, chat GPT. But what if we put the large language model inside of, of our software stack. So it's, it's not even a cloud instance anymore. So the customer can run it locally in his or her network. So that would be an ideal situation, especially for industry segments that are very restrictive.
1: We'll come to the global question uh, towards the end as well. But good that we already kind of uh, introduced it here because it is a very important thing. Now, how does the the general um, large language model. Uh, And actually, I just saw a video, I think, by Andrew Wang, uh, where he was also talking about uh, domain-specific. I think he's talking, in this case, not LLMs, but LVMs, large visual, I believe, models. But the topic is always the same, right? I mean, so how do you make sure, uh, in, in general or very specific, that uh, your uh, language model understands anything at all about automation, or to be more specific, about TwinCAT.
0: I think that's where I think Jonas started to explain. For instance, this, this initialization sequence of models. So if you take. A general LLM like JetGPT, it is designed to understand language and knows many things, but only a few things are related to automation. So the only way to somehow specialize the, the LLM is to use initialization sequences and very carefully upfront explain what the, the application area now is. So that's the way if you use JetGPT. If you use your own networks, like you train own maybe Llama based models, then of course you have more possibilities. For instance, you can train in your own PLC code.
1: Okay, so is that what is generally being called then prompting or is it more the fine-tuning? Like take a foundation model that knows whatever, everything about the world, whatever, 10% of whatever or 20 that has ever been written on the internet, Wikipedia and stuff like that—is—is uh, is that it, uh, or is it more the uh, uh, prompting? So, at the time that you ask a question, you you give the model specific. In this case, TwinCAT information
2: for for now for the first uh, yeah demonstration, we focusing on the prompting. So, make the prompts better. Give right context information about our system and about programming in PLC languages, for example. But in the future, I I think it will be something like a hybrid systems, maybe you have information that not changed a lot and the system needs a deep understanding of that. Maybe this is a part for fine-tuning and in addition to that, maybe you have uh, information that changes very frequently and depends on the user who, which are using the system right now. And I guess this is then a task for to be solved by our context information and other systems.
1: We'll come back to that later. I'm also completely convinced that you and so many other developers in this world dealing with exactly this topic. But you're one of the first in our area, and that's why we talk uh, that you're going to make sure that you know very soon, uh, users, and then I come to the next question: the target audience that users are going to be able to, you know, ask whatever they want to ask, and they don't need a, a one-week training of how to ask a question. But but again, maybe that is the the time in which we're in for the very moment. So you started talking about a couple of uh, examples. You you concentrated in on coding we'll look at that again Janis. but let's quickly talk about the target audience and then we we're going to look about the variety of use cases one of which is being in the programming so who is who is this solution uh, the twin chat for
2: we currently see TwinCAD chat as a tool to Support and accelerate the development process for our users and customers. So the engineers who are setting up the project for the machines, and also the, uh, the guys who are working on the machines to improve the system, and accelerate the p- whole process to get faster from start of the project to a running machine. But also, I guess uh, in the near future there will be use cases for yeah, analyzed data or something like that. And for example. HMIs to visualize information very well.
1: Okay, uh, so let's let's get into a little bit more detail. Maybe you wanna you started uh, explaining. Maybe we, we want to stay with that or continue with with the the programming um, of the of the PLC. Is that the programming of your cat If I say that correctly, so let, let's maybe stay with that one. So what what does the engineer do today? How does that typically work? How does the job start, and how long does he or she need and uh, with what it is that you're proposing, what is going to be different in the time needed in the way that things are being done?
2: Yeah. So for now, we have an assistant. We can ask any questions about code generation for structured text for now. And so when you have a problem for your machine, maybe like sorting numbers or data or something like that, you can ask for algorithm, and then the system will you give an answer in the syntax highlighting and you see, okay, you can test it, or maybe you say, I want to change a little bit this and this. And then with one click, you can directly use it into your project. And this is the first step, how we started this and um, worked quite well. Comment code is also a big topic for our customers. And this uh, works quite well also. And yeah, after that, we think about, okay, how, how can we extend it for our customers? And another thing is that we start to make a known our automation interface this is an interface to have a remote control for our engineering system then now the user can also ask something like okay i need this i.o device for example and uh, please uh, bring it to my i.o configuration so first one is code generation the second one is why a natural language yeah control our engineering system
1: okay what which which brings me back to you know have we not always tried to make sure that whatever environment we have and connecting whatever devices we always tried it to to look like um, as if it was usb right i mean actually i'm looking here at my notebook and my microphone is uh, is actually connected through USB, but then as we recall, it wasn't uh, easy <laughs> to get all three of us connected together. Uh, but maybe so. Is that a slogan of the past? Is that more the hardware connection USB? And is language, is language taking over by saying, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in charge of, you know, making this uh, TwinCat uh, work and I just talk. To to who do I talk to? I talk to the to the other side is then the large language model, and it's going to do w- what I want at saying. And then I'll stop English as instead of the programming language, I talk to my machine.
0: I think that pretty
1: much matches the situation. So basically, to my
0: understanding, in the future, the natural language will be the new or at least it will be one interface every software environment has. And it's it's a much more easy interface because there is no entrance level issue if you are new to software. So you can directly tell a software environment what you want to do with that. And you don't have to work into the the user interface and Search for "Hey, where is the Create a new project button, or how do I place elements on a workbench, or whatever. So it's it's just explaining what I want to have, and it appears. So it doesn't matter what software package it is.
1: Yeah, which which brings you know whatever to our imagination, right? But at the same time. That depends also a lot on you listeners. you know you listener. do you see this then as a threat or an opportunity? How do both of you see that? I mean what is your personal what is What is the first reaction in your environment so in your environment, you have people that are do you call them are they the, the programming engineers, control engineers so those people who have been doing exactly that. Are they jumping on it and say, "Oh now it's my turn. I want to try it out as well," or do you at the same time maybe from the first customers who have seen this, I think you've announced it also already uh, are certain is a certain group of people are they afraid that they're going to you know lose what they have been doing for the last ten 20 years
0: well, so I think most of our customers see a lot of opportunities they see it as a tool for helping them to to perform more efficiently. And it's it's really not a technology that will replace the creative work of a programmer. So you still need to create a well-structured and also maintainable software. You need to work on the software architecture. Um, So where it can help is like the not-so-creative parts, and it's just a tool that, of course, will influence the way how we develop software in the future. But still, we need to develop software, and this will not be automated. So, basically, saying it's, to my opinion, just a better hammer to hammer in a nail into a wall.
1: <laughs> <laughs> better hammer. Okay. Are you? Well, I'm not going to say are you sure, but how about the creativity part? Because. At the same time, and for you, Fabian, also for you, Janis. Uh, at the same time, we do know that you know if we call them, then these large language models, as part of the group of let's say generative uh, algorithms, we all know they're amazing creative capability. Now we're talking uh, is what we see all day through these days until it, we get used to it. You know, images. On LinkedIn, on everywhere social media, I guess uh, that we produce with you know the tools like diffusion, like uh, GPT, etc., like Dali. Uh, so, but you say that isn't that is not what you expect, uh, Fabian? That these not within our industrial AI environment that these uh, models would also help us with a creative way of you know engineering things in a different way as we have been doing it before.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So maybe just to bring that up again about the use cases. So we have another use case that brings exactly this creative part highlights this creative part very, very nicely. So besides the PLC, every machine has an HMI. And so on the HMI, you design basically a web page um, to display values of the machine and also you have some control elements. And on top of this, hmi engineering environment that we provide we also set on top of it an llm interface and the nice thing is that also this hmi engineering environment has an api to automate the engineering like placing control elements somewhere and adding properties like uh, the size the position the color and the data binding and so what we did is we taught in into the LLM how to use this API um, and how to define properties and place it somewhere. And so what came out is a natural language interface where you just say or describe what you want to see on the visualization. And then basically everything just pops up automatically. So we also included something like a search engine for suitable TLC variables that allows you to also give quite abstract commands, like create me a visualization of my brewery plant and show me production rate, fermentation temperature, blah, blah, blah. And maybe add the bottling speed as a spin box input at the lower right and then all of a sudden just everything is popping up on the hmi
1: make variations or corrections say okay that's already a good start but can you small changes to what you see right
0: yeah so and that, that's the nice thing so you can make those changes again via natural language please shift the button name whatever to the lower right to the lower left to the upper right or change the color, or you can just use a standard way of engineering by clicking the elements
1: okay. so so what does that need then to? We already talked about the the targeted audience maybe it's a it 's a variation on that question of the targeted audience i mean are they, the the same type of people who until today have been you know, programming, in this case, TwinCat, will they be the users? It's the same question as asking of a data scientist, let's say, you know, now independent for a second of the TwinCat environment, but wherever our data scientists in the world, you know, they get data and they can start to use tools that maybe do a very initial data analysis. Now I bring them together again. At the same time, I can now have you know I call them domain experts, as you may have heard before. And the domain expert doesn't mean doesn't matter who they are. You know they can be in any kind of retail. They can be a physical doctor. They can be working with whatever a domain expert is that deals somehow. I maybe you can say that has been working from behind a notebook or something similar. Um, so do, do you see both of those, the existing people, they will become more efficient? That's maybe one question. Or my question is, is there going to be a different you know, category of people who maybe until now have, have not had the training to program the PLC programming maybe you want to talk to that there is this you mentioned already is it six eight something whatever and and they didn't really feel and now they're they're going to be able to do similar things as those people at a higher level
0: I think we need to differentiate a bit so for for the PLC it might be different for the HMI case I see that of course it, it will be used by the HMI programmers that already exist, and there will be more productive, as you said, but I also see that creative workers who don't know how to program an HMI can now also just try out their designs very quickly, very efficiently. So maybe they will not be able to bring it to a complete productive systems, but it's for, for trying out things for quick ideation. That's it's fantastic we don't, because you don't have to, to be able to program something or to, you don't need to know how to set all those different kinds of properties because you just describe what you want to have. So currently, we're also working on another feature that allows you to take or just draw as. A sketch of your hmi take a photo and we just arrange it on the hmi so it's it's really like for for the ideation series was a real creative part and that's that's i think a fantastic tool and that this would be a new group so to say
1: for us so that's using this uh what is that multi-model capabilities of for example chat gpt or any of the other ones i guess yeah, exactly yes I want to come back to the uh, ideation uh, in a moment. Um, not sure, Janice, that you are the one to answer a more technical question. So wh- where does this reside? You know, is is your language model um, trained somewhere on the cloud or locally in some kind of instance uh, with Backhoff? I don't know. But where it's going to be used, so the inference, is that taking place locally?
2: That is, I guess, it's Possibility in the future this is something we are testing right now. So for the demo and the showcases we have on the fairs right now, we are working in generally for with GPT models provided via cloud system or like Azure or directly via OpenAI. But we're also testing the local running models. And yeah, we're starting with the Llama model just for testing. But I guess that's, uh, yeah, that will be a use case in the future for customers and users who have yeah, data privacy reasons or just as Fabian already said, regional things. And so I guess in the future, both systems will, will be there. So we have the cloud or the big cloud models. With a big understanding of the whole world, and yeah, we have more of the local ones with more of the specialist models for yeah maybe our trinket system or for automation or something like that.
1: So that would be maybe an automation uh, GPT then, you know, along the lines of I don't know, where Sam when he was still. In his first life as CEO, <laughs> when he was announcing the uh, what was that? Uh, producer in GPT, so it could be you know your twin cat Chat GPT. Uh, but explain me a little bit more. My feeling is that maybe maybe not just myself. Well, I can I can just try things, and I uh, you know as a let's say as a consultant moderator. I take any kind of uh, as specific as possible industrial data from the internet somewhere, which are, you know, open source data, and I play with them. So I can break nothing. But my feeling is a very important uh, question for many of the listeners who are in their own, you know, development production environment and they see what it is that you can, what you offer them. Now, what are they, what are you as off allowing your own environment? What are your customers, what are they going to allow uh, their users so uh, typically the questions of foundational model okay now am i going to train it then with in this case twin cat information and what does that mean uh, i am only allowed I'm, I'm allowed to train it with publicly available uh, twin cat information but i i assume that there are certain things that are what i call the crown jewels you know they they should stay with you and only with you so how does that work today? What are the solutions there today?
0: Well, it's it's a complicated question. <laughs> it's kind of, I think it's a work in progress. So I don't see a clear strategy right now because, well, this, this complete market is so dynamic. And so I think if I tell you now, this is the, the golden way to go and if, if some listeners click on this podcast in one month, <laughs> <laughs> it will be already outdated.
1: <laughs> one minute after. <laughs>
0: so that's also one of the most problematic things that we currently face. So the LLM market is so fastly developing, it's, it's so complicated to now create a product that will last for the next 10, 15, 20 years.
1: Yeah, I'm with you completely. I had a question last week, uh, AI in the Canteen. Can you share with us some great prompting resources? My question was like, you know, before you start trying, you know, the developments in in the one minute, in the one sentence I give you as an answer, there's so many developments. But still, I do want to have... On that very topic, one answer from one of you. So, of course, why prompting? Because we want to have as good as possible. We want to have as efficient and good. And we want those answers always to be correct, specifically, if possible, in an automation environment. So how about hallucinations? Is that the same? I just heard that, you know, how is that being called? Is that reading back is what I uh, heard uh, last week. And we do the same. If humans are not certain, you know, you are uh, the, the, the three of us, we ask, oh, what did you mean? Did you do? And I understood that we got very high. So, uh, do you today have hallucinations? How do you deal with them? And is your expectation that they're going to be like gone um, soon in the next couple of weeks, months, or?
2: Uh, first of all, yes, they uh, still exist, <laughs> and all of these aspects is also a reason why we don't have made a an product announcement right now. In my case, or my opinion, uh, humans still have to review and sometimes correct auto to generate code, for example. As we already said, it's, it's the reason, and humans, humans acting some, sometimes in the same way, and I don't think so in the next months or maybe years it's it's been gone. So I guess it's something we have to handle with and something we have to yeah, make the users known of. And this, for example, is why we don't press one button and generate a whole machine code or something like that. It's more like a system and you get your suggestion from the system and then you have to decide, okay, can I take this or can't I take this? It works quite better for the uh, automation interface use case. So in this case, uh, we don't have a lot of hallucination or something like that. That works quite well.
1: Exactly what this uh, the temperature, I'm not sure if you use the temperature. Yeah, of course. Or the temperature variable, maybe we better better quality the creativity variant or button so to say because if we want to be creative and that's all the wonderful pictures that we see around us of everybody who want to can now make the most amazing fantasizing uh, fantastic <laughs> fantasizing images so we put the creativity level at 100 now on the other hand you know we would like the large language model to To be giving, maybe yeah, actually almost the same answer is not maybe necessary, but we always wanted to be correct. So we set the creativity level to a zero, right? That's already one way of doing it. And I I would have thought that if you then train it on, as we suggested, I don't know, that, that they are your ideas, I believe, you know, on eight. TwinCat GPT, whatever you're gonna call it, chat GPT. If you train it with on a on a very general base model and then almost with more data only exclusively on in this case, TwinCat, is there not a likability that you're gonna get close to ninety nine percent correct answers?
0: Well I think it's one way that you can go, but still you don't get rid of, of hallucinations because it's it's still a fundamental phenomenon of the structure how an LLM works. Um, so you can try to make it better. Also, this temperature setting, yes, you can set it to zero, but it's still there. So basically, that's more my opinion right now. What would be one of the best? Solutions is to have a something like a safeguard between the large language model and the PLC, for instance. Like you somehow need to to restrict what the LLM can do. And so basically, that's also what we see if uh, when we have a look on this HMI use case where we just allow the LLM to to use our API. An API is a very defined space. It has functions, it has parameters, and if you tell the LLM you can use those kind of functions and those, those kind of parameters, then you more or less already get rid of all those hallucinations because you define a very specific
1: acting area. I've thought and suggested before similar, like not called it a safeguard, but something similar where uh, maybe as you know w- when we go towards well but we are in the middle of that's what we are industrial ai and extending it towards, let's say you know uh, aviation as an example whatever but it's but it's the same in our world as well i mean if in our world Things go wrong, specifically, you know, robots, machines driving around, autonomous driving, etc. That's where probably always need going to need this uh, safeguard, I would think as well. Uh, I want to come quickly back to your thought of the ideation. So, give us an example there how you use large language models. Maybe I understand that you have been doing ideation already before. It's an important creative concept, I think. And But now you see, you feel, I believe, that with the help of large language models, you can do a better, a different, um, faster, whatever, ideation?
0: Yeah, I think so. So it, I think that the answer will have multiple levels. So if, if I'm facing a new topic that I don't know already, so what was in the past the, the way how you get into this topic? Basically, you started with using a search engine in the internet just to find out what it is. And now I find myself quite often just typing in my, my questions first into ChatGPT and just to get a, a very rough idea about it and to, to search for the right keywords. And then I change to, yeah, and manually search the internet. It's also a, a change in the, in the creative work. So I, I use other tools. And the other level then is, for instance, if you're a machine HMI designer, or even if you're a web developer, so it doesn't have to be necessarily a machine HMI. So, if you just have ideas that you want to do something in the, in the different in, in some specific ways, if you are able to already prototype it, it gives you a much better feeling about what is possible and how you can interact with the tools. So, if you are very, let's say you are maybe you are a, a pure designer, you don't know what really is, then possibly in a certain software framework, it's hard because basically you can, well, overshoot a bit. So you have a very crazy design and everybody's telling you, well, that's, that's cool, but it's not possible. <laughs> so it gives you gives you a feedback system. Yeah, basically, I think that's the right word for it. So you have a direct feedback system. So you can directly try out if your concept is working or if it's producible in a certain extent.
1: We uh, kind of get towards a close, but maybe I want to, uh, Janis, get an answer on some a little bit more technical. Can you tell us a little bit about the integration of the chat function into the IDE, into the development uh, environment?
2: Yeah, of course. Uh, so we have a server component uh, running on the engineering device and uh, which handles the communication to the cloud instance from now, but in the future maybe but also local large language model. And yeah, then we have a web browser window directly integrated with hosting the Twinket chat in the IDE, so we can place it where you want inside your engineering environment. And then, as I already said, it's, we have a system initialization, like this that, that large language model known, you are a user for Trinket, and you want to have your code in the structured text language and the other tasks you can solve with that. So directly there, you don't have to copy and paste anything, you can do it like... Put, uh, with uh, pushing a button and a really quick or good using integration inside the IDE or good to use integration.
1: Thank you, Janis. Fabian, Janis, thank you very much. One final question to one or two, both of you. So where where are we? Fabian, you kind of suggested it. You, you say every month. I think it's more like every minute of the day we see new developments. Nevertheless, what is your view on what is the status of industrial uh, language models, uh, and also different parts of the world? And you, in the beginning, you chatted, with Fabian, about you know how you you may have a, a different solution for, as an example, the Chinese market. Where is the market? Um, And specifically, as I say, looking at the industrial one, United States, Europe, and how is that changing this perspective also from a global uh, situation uh, over the next five or 10 years?
0: Well, the situation is still very cloudy. (laughs) There are so many different larger language models popping up somewhere. So even I, I spoke about that with with Janis, I think last week, and we agreed that basically we are not even able to to oversee the LLMs that appeared over the last few months, and so it's it's very tricky for us to to predict something in the future, as the current market situation is not really clear because it's so fastly developing and dynamic. There are not only the the big players, there are also many, many other players. Um like it was like out of a sudden uh this week where Google knows Gemini. Also a very big, very interesting large language model, and the possibilities seem to be very interesting as well. So it's hard to tell. I think the future is, is, well, my view on the future is changing currently every month. So um, it's it's complicated to predict five years. But I think that's also make it very, very interesting, because you always have to refine your thoughts on what you really want to do. Because we are, uh, we are talking about industry. And in industry, you have to place products that exist over years and are stable. And so we can't as backhoe, we cannot just yeah design a product that maybe exists for the next year or two years. That will be not acceptable.
1: Very good. So a strongly developing Yeah, I've been saying in the future, all of us are going to be choosing similar to car brands. Not sure if we have a thousand car brands. Maybe there's more or less. In the meantime, already more large language models. But my expectation, at least, towards you, Beckhoff, is going to be that you're going to be, you know, providing your whatever you're going to call it, um, if you want to um, suggest one way of the action, um, Fabian or Janice, feel free to do so, but that you're going to provide on the basis of what you have announced, your TwinCat chat, one or many different solutions, and maybe all the other providers in the market are going to be doing the same, or, Maybe and I think we did discuss that already with you. Was it a year ago, Fabian, or more on on the business model of selling large language business model? Maybe as as a, as a final closer for today.
0: Yeah. So the the business model is also an interesting aspect. So basically, the idea for for now is that we keep our Twinket Chat system open, and customers can change the back at large back end large. Language model. So then, business model would be diverse. Also, like a customer can create an own instance of a large language model of a let's call it a, one of the supported large language models and connected to our Twinket chat server. Then the business model would be: Hey, it's you use the UC, the server instance, and that's a standard piece of software. So that's not a complicated business model behind it. So we can go the standard way of licensing. Twincat, if we go the way to create an own large language or host an own large language model, maybe a may, may it be a GPT related a large language model, and then we have in the background, let's say, continuous costs that we need to pass out pass somehow. To our customers, then we need to change this business models into something like a subscription because somehow it's 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 rolling costs on our side and we need to pass it to, to customers. If we design an own large language model that we provide to customers, and the customer can run this this model locally, then we are again back to this. It's a standard software. It might be a little bit more fancy under the hood, but it's still it's standard software that runs on the customer side.
1: And then business model is, is again, very clear again. Great. Guys, thanks. I'm running out of power here. We're running out of time. <laughs> we could talk for hours. Fabian, Janis, thank you very much for your time. Uh, those listeners who want to get in contact with you, you, uh, we said they best uh, talk to you on LinkedIn. Uh, you can find Fabian, Bowser, Janis, Dobmeier uh, in the podcast notes. And uh, besides from that, dear listeners, if you have any question, comment, please a quick email to peter at AIpodDE. I'm very happy that you stay with us so far. Uh, Fabian, Janis, thank you very much for your time. It's a very interesting, very important topic. Thanks,
0: Peter, for having us here.
1: Also, thank you. Thanks, guys.